Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast. On a Tuesday, we've got to talk some USC Trojan football. The Trojans, of course, 7-1. Heading into the uh, latter third of the college football season. A couple maybe easier games, you could say, at home than UCLA and the Rose Bowl and, of course, Notre Dame. To round out the season, we're going to talk about what we've seen through the first two-thirds of the season and what we expect going forward with Chris Trevino. He's here in studio with me, and we are simulcasting live on YouTube for the first time, I guess, in a couple weeks. Chris, it's been a little while since we've done this, so it's good to have everything normal back in studio and everything. Uh, good to see you. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Yeah, I really have nothing else to say. I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, doing I'm glad great. you're doing good. Uh, Chris was on secret assignment this morning. So we're going to talk about what happened to practice this morning, but Chris wasn't there. So, uh, but I was there with Jack. So if you want to check out, uh, I put up the ghost notes this morning. We put up uh, instant analysis as well, myself and Jack. So make sure you check all that stuff up. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel, all that. We love it. You can follow uh, me on Twitter at Inside Troy. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris N. Trevino. If you have any questions or comments for the podcast, we got some email questions today. You can email us, as always, pod- podcast at uscfootball.com. And if you'd rather send us a text, you can do that or, or leave us a voicemail. The number for that is 424-254-9141. And if you are on that fun thing called the Apple Podcasting app. Remember the iTunes, whatever it was. If you're listening to podcasts on your Apple device, please leave us a five-star rating and some sort of review. It does help to grow the show. And I think we got a new one. Oh, no. Yeah. It's always scary. Five-star review from ATL Tarek. Podcast review. As a USC fan, and again, I haven't read this, Chris, so oh, no. hopefully it's not A live bad. read. Live, live read. read. Uh, as a USC fan, this is by far my favorite podcast. Okay, this is okay. starting out pretty good. And, oh, this is good for you, too. The two-star recruiting episodes are one of the highlights of my week. That's, of course, the recruiting podcast that Chris does with Gerard Martinez. I love the pre- and post-game analysis and unbiased opinions the hosts have. Keep up the phenomenal work. Well, whatever. Thank you so much. That's a good one. That's a really good one. That's a good one. Uh, appreciate appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And, there, you know, I don't know if we've read this one. Maybe I'll, I'll try this and see. Uh, from Kelbo82, five-star review. Red and gold. Uh Oh, I think I think this was it's cardinal. This was a little complaint about you, Chris. Twelve thirty mark, East Coast sleepy voice. Chris talked about USC quote red and gold Nike sneakers worn by a recruit. No, no, ma'am, I don't care if they have more of a red tint on some SC gear. You call it cardinal, young son. Uh, for your serious mistake, you get a harsh emoji. Sorry about that, but he still gave us the five stars. First of all, don't call me son, not your son. <laughs> okay, now that we passed this, please continue the fantastic show, all of them. Great job, Ryan. Put together a great staff and lineup of shows. Fight on. Beat the Cats. So this came in right before the Arizona game. That was nice, though. He just, 
I don't know what, you know, he didn't like. Don't call me boy. Don't call me son. Don't call me that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's great to be, uh, it's great to be with everyone listening on the uh, podcasting platform. So if you're on Apple podcasts, like we talked about, and also live on YouTube, uh, if you have a question for us, you want us to, to uh, answer on, you're watching on YouTube, just put question in the beginning. I will start and get back to it. Cameron says, great to be back live with you boys. It is great. It's a lot of fun. I love doing this. I don't know if Chris loves doing this, but I love. I don't like. You... What do you like? I've already talked about this. When we usually do the show, I'm tired. Right. So I yawn a lot. To be fair, I was just taking a nap. Yeah, I walked in on this man <laughs> taking a nap, which is like, fine. That's why we have a nap room, a nap cot. But I, it's a grind on Tuesdays. Tuesdays is a grind. And then I do two, composite two-star after this, which I am. So Tuesday's a busy day. And and if we just did the podcast, you know, people wouldn't see me yawning or being like this <laughs> or looking dead tired. That's the only really the real thing about yeah. it. So, yeah, that's just, you know, I have to be on all the time when when I know what 40 people are ignoring their work. Right. Where? Yeah. How many people have we got watching? That's good. Uh, yeah. Like 40 people. Um if you guys got to see our live show on uh, Sunday, we all dressed up. That was kind of fun. It's now November, though, Chris. How weird is that? Like, we're in November. I went to get Halloween candy at uh, Walmart. I already had the Christmas stuff up. They're ready to go. So, like, the lights, di- trees, whatever. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's so, something. Not even, like, Thanksgiving stuff. Like, no. straight, straight, straight to Christmas. Christmas. You got to do that. Retail sales. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. They've been awesome to us over the last several years. And as you know, it's been it's been a while. It's been a minute since USC had a home game, Chris, right? Like over October or something. October 8th. Close to a month, yeah. Washington State. So we've been preparing for road games when they had a bye week in there. So the, the first day this morning, first time I've seen the USC offense out in their Cardinal jerseys. Uh since yeah since before it was early october and then the defensive white jerseys but um because now usc's coming home you can tailgate again so you get out there go over to trader joe's at the university village wherever you go your trader joe's awesome tailgating gear awesome tailgating supplies whatever you need these are a little underrated uh i haven't had this before the uh, seltzer water it's the blood orange and uh, with orange juice organic seltzer water pretty tasty so if you're not like you don't want like a full-on soda like these seltzers are pretty good go go check those out but if you want some cheese and crackers or different i mean man some of the snacks that they have there all of you know we have a whole bunch of them in the uh break room there um i love the pretzels with uh, peanut butter in the middle those uh i was going hard on those last week yeah those uh the the chips i mean the dipping chips the uh what was it the uh yeah Oh, man, I'm blanking on the name. But, yeah, t- tons of he great. He woke up from a nap. I know. He's all loopy. Yeah. Give uh, a break. Tons of great uh, snacks. So make sure you go check it out over at Trader Joe's. And it uh, looks like we got a lot of comments and stuff. So um, it's usually a bad thing. We uh, Cameron said screw work. So that's. Uh, Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Yeah. This is my work right now. So. Yeah. If I can entertain you while you piss off work. Sure. And then Puff Puff Pass. What's up, Trojan fam? Didn't know there was a podcast. Yes, there's a podcast. Well, now we, you're here. Yeah, we haven't uh, been as um, regimented, I guess, on the 
schedule of these because I've been traveling stuff during the week. So that was a little hard. You know, Chris got, you know, secret stuff going on. So, but we're, we're here. We're together. We're ready to talk some USC Trojan football. Um, we got to get to some. I'm sorry. What was that? I was going to say tease what's coming later. Yeah, we got some. That would be breaking news because today, the day you all have been waiting for that nobody cares about, but some people care about, and especially USC fans haven't had to care about because it's the college football playoff rankings come out. Essentially, it's a TV show that a bunch of big wigs fly to uh, the Dallas area every the early part of every week. They have a little meeting, and then the chairman comes out, and they talk about their rankings, and ESPN you know, has like a two-hour TV show around it, whatever it is. Uh, today is the first ranking, and they're actually going to come out, and while we're doing this live, uh, about 20 minutes is when that show starts. Uh, so while we're doing this live podcast, we will also be reacting live to the college football playoff rankings. Uh, I'm going to tell you like what Lincoln Riley's reaction was, and I think Chris has some insight into where USC has been in the past with the college football rankings, but Chris, this morning, our own, or, fair, or used to be our own, so it's so sad, Wow, Keely Yor, uh, well, she's our own, she's still our own, she's great, um, asked Lincoln Riley, the, the rankings are coming out, what are your thoughts, and he was as animated as I've seen him, it's just far as like, I could care less, didn't care, uh, One per- less than 1% of his thought process goes into that, he told a story one time when they were at Oklahoma, they I think they were up at number five, there was like some high ranking and they lost a game. And they dropped all the way to 19. They're like, okay, well, they're not going to make the college football playoff anymore. And then come all the way back. And uh, they end up making the playoff. So he says it doesn't mean anything. The only thing that matters is the last one. You basically just have to win your games. Win your games and it takes care of, of everything. So, uh, And he's right. He was 100% no right. No one cares where you were ranked in the first one. No one cares. Does it matter? All that matters is the last one. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. But, you know, this is college football. This is modern day sports media. So it's going to be a show. It's going to be talking heads about it. There's going to be a podcast about it. Literally, we'll be doing a podcast as it comes out. So it's just another uh, cog in the content machine, you know, putting out rankings, making it a whole thing, the yeah. show, as you said. So, yeah, Oscar, he's absolutely right, though. Oscar says what time the ranking is coming out. Like, I just, I think I just said that. Seven. Uh, Seven Eastern, four Pacific. So and we are at 340 Pacific right now. Yeah, while we're recording this live. If you're watching live, if you're not, sorry that you're going to hear this live. We're talking about it, but... In about 20 minutes of showtime, we will the show will start. It's not like the rankings just come out instantly, but usually we'll probably get, you know, they they save the top four, the top six till the very end. So we should know where USC is in the like nine to 11 range. I'm so guessing. let's give our prediction. Let's see who's, who's right. Uh, I'll say 10. Okay. What do you I'll say 11. All right. Uh, in the comments, make your predictions too. Lock them in. Yeah. Lock them in. Uh, yeah, lock them in. I love that. But okay, so you you were giving me some historical, right? Okay. Uh, anyone in the in the comments, if you would like to guess the highest USC has been ranked in the first iteration of the college football playoffs, like the first week, I guess it's technically like week eight of the college football season. But what has been USC's highest ranking in the initial college football rankings, uh, and they date back to twenty fourteen. Uh, I'll give you some time to guess anyone that's listening live, but I will say the highest they've ever finished, number eight in 2017. That was kind of that Cotton Bowl year, 11 and two. You know, a lot of people were hyped on that team coming out for 2016. 
um, you know, that Rose Bowl win, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's going to win the Heisman and kind of stumbled a little bit, uh, as we know, but, you know, made it to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, did not do well against uh, Ohio State in that game. Ohio State, that was bad, yeah. Okay, we have a little issue. So we've asked for a couple of numbers. So now people are just throwing out numbers, and we don't know if it's the prediction or if it's the highest that USC's ever finished. Mm-hmm. And they're all very close. What? Wait. <laughs> wait. So they're close? Like people no, are saying. Well, like people are throwing like, out some nine, and, some nine and 11. Just, just put it. I think those are. I think those are. Predictions? I think those are predictions. Okay. I think those are predictions. And uh, then we did have what, uh, one thought the highest was 13. And then, but they're not saying the highest. Initial ranking versus highest finish ranking. So you, there was a lot. I did realize I I, I, a lot of I screwed up. that up. Here's, but a, here's an eleven. I don't know. Someone put like six. I mean, yeah, just put some. Numbers well, the highest they've ever debuted. I'm breaking it right now. Yes. and it's seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. So this so will beat that. This will. I mean, undoubtedly, probably, probably beat that. So I mean, this is weird, Chris. So USC's been around. So what the ranking's been around since 2014. Yeah. You hire a good coach, and in one year, you already have your instantly best, you know, initial college football playoff ranking. So, is that a is that a coincidence? Does it just happen? Or USC's back hire, to being national re, nationally relevant? Maybe hire somebody good, and then good things happen. Is that what we've been preaching? I think I think you're right on the money. Yeah, but 17. Uh, that was their initial ranking. So, yeah. And then they finished uh, eight that season, as I just mentioned. So they jumped up 10 spots. So oh, okay. that's more significant than, uh, you know, where they started. That's true. Uh, so we got it locked in. You're saying 10. I'm saying 11. And let's go from there. We'll go from there. Um, yeah. And I would be better. Like, so the, the real thing for 2017, if there was an initial rankings to start the season, USC would have been like, four or five or something, right? Like, I don't remember where they started the AP poll that year, but it was it was very high coming off of, and then, you know. I think they were five. I think five, they were five. Five sounds about right. And then, uh, yeah, but obviously didn't. Uh, did, but by the time they got to the college football playoff rankings, they had already lost to. Washington State. And Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, uh, what else we got going on? Um, injuries. Ooh, okay, injuries. I have some take it or leave it too. So, oh, should we'll, we? You want to take a leave it first? No, let's do injuries first, and then we'll. We'll, we'll do okay. Quick. It. So, as you know, going into that game, um, more guys were out than we thought. The same thing happened with Utah. I think uh, Shotgun called it perfectly. Like you know, Utah and USC just beat the crap out of each other. Uh, we didn't have Mario Williams, who didn't really expect to not be in that game. Andrew Voorhees, another one. He was out. They had to shuffle the offensive line. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, you know, no Eric Gentry, no. Raylan Goforth, no Corey Foreman, uh, of course, no jo- Jordan Addison. So a lot of dudes out uh, in this game. Lincoln Riley uh, got a little rattled last week when he was asked a question um, about Andrew Voorhees. Late, uh, I forget, was that Tuesday, Chris? I forget. Thursday. It was Thursday, yeah. All on the uh, Zoom. Zoom call. On the Zoom call. And uh, he, I think he addressed it today by, instead of just taking questions, gave his initial thoughts on... The injury. He opened? He, he just opened. opened on injuries? He had a cold open, if he wants to hit. Is that use yeah. the term? Branding, yeah. Branding. Uh, cold open with injury talk. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So basically, like, I'm going to say this about injuries. Don't ask anything else about injuries. And um, 
didn't mention a single player by name. He just gave a vague overview it was of sort things. Of, yeah, like if you come home from school and your mom asks you, hey, how was school? It how much fine. information did you give her? It was fine. Yeah. How, what what did your mom gather from what you told her when she asked about how your day at school? That it was good. Yeah, it was fine. It was good. And maybe I had a good recess. Yeah. That's about what you got from this. Um, basically said that everybody practiced, uh, not fully, that he was, um, it's a lot better than what it was before. He's optimistic. Uh, he thinks, you know, his gut says a couple, he'll get a couple guys back that weren't able to play uh, against Arizona. And that's about it. So it was very, um, yeah, it was very generic. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've heard some things, you know, like, you know, that, that guys were day to day, which I don't think they were day to day. So I'm not sure what you want to believe, but I, he does not want to talk about injuries. Technically, I think. we're all day to day, right? We're all day to day. We're literally all day to day. Yeah. But did he say to not ask about it? And that, or was that you're just that you're reading the uh, that was the, the overture? I'd have to go back and read the, exactly what he said at the beginning, but he's like, let me just talk. You know, everyone's going to ask about injuries. Let me talk about the injuries. And he kind of gave his assessment like, that's the story on the injuries. Like, it was, uh, I think it was understood that it was like, period. Like, so there wasn't going to be more questions. Did about anyone it. ask? No one asked an injury Never question after that. Okay, yeah. Okay. He went about eight minutes. We only got like three players today, too. So it was a little limited. I, my, you know, I forgot to submit, um, any request today so you know i can't i can't complain about not getting enough players because i didn't request anybody for our, and i do it for the whole site so my bad on that one um but yeah we only got a few players we we're supposed to get like four and uh, one guy couldn't come but uh it was good you know overall but that was like the injury thing what was the weather i always do weather you did i i talked about this an instant um it was uh, i wore like a i wore this t-shirt but i just wore a little my little light jacket uh it wasn't quite as cold I did the gym early on Tuesdays, which makes it a longer day for me so too. Your blood's already pumping. Your yeah, like, but I got out of the gym at seven, and it was still dark. Basically, I'm like, oh, uh, but it was fine. Like by the time eight o'clock, you know, whatever, a little after eight when it was start, we got in there about eight thirty. Um, yeah, it was it was a little nippy, but not like I think it was colder the last couple of weeks when you were there on Tuesday mornings. Okay, so not as cold I think as the last couple. That's weeks. That's the only thing I cared about learning. About. It feels fall. It feels folly, you know. Um, Feels like football season should start, even though we're two thirds of the way in. Uh, yeah. Okay. Take it or leave it. Let's do some take it or leave it. Yeah, let's run through these real quick. And I'm not stalling because I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, oh yeah. We we talked about this. If you're kind of new to this, we don't like. We were figuring out how to talk about the prior weekend's game or the game that just happened, right? Without We've having to like, do it for yeah, three times. We did a podcast. We did tunnel vision on Sunday. You guys are probably tired of hearing about about it, so we just this is a fun little way to capsule it and just move on in a different way. So Ryan, I got one, two, five, five. Uh, let's go with uh, take it or leave it. USC has no more than five turnovers for the rest of the regular season. Uh, okay. I asked Lincoln Riley this morning about turnovers and i was like have you been around a team that had only had one turnover through eight games and he kind of laughed he's like challenge huh and i was like i felt like he gave a fairly short answer he's like he didn't think so. he basically didn't think so um he's like been around some teams that didn't turn it over much but 
probably not, you know, this is probably the the best. But he moved on. He didn't like expand on that or anything. And I feel like it was me asking about like I'm in the sixth inning and I'm asking the about pitcher a no about a no hitter. Yeah, that's the feeling I got. You like, got the jinx. Don't jinx this. Like, well, uh, now I feel less guilty because you already did it. I already jinxed him this morning. You already jinxed him this morning, so it doesn't matter. So you're, to take it or leave it, it's five turnovers or less. Yeah. Uh, in the regular season. In the regular season. I will take this all day. Um, I'm going to write this one down, too. Uh, because You're writing it down? Yeah, just for notes for the show, you know, because I want to I want to go back on this. Uh, five turnovers or less. So here's the deal. I was talking about with the, our Jack Smith this morning when we were walking uh, back towards practice after the little break that we don't get to watch practice. It's not USC, you know, after eight games, like it starts being less fluky and more being like a systematic thing. Yes, you, you know, at any given game, you could have turned the ball over probably, you know, but we haven't seen this team being on the verge of like Caleb Williams throwing like, you know, three picks that got dropped or the ball just bouncing on the turf a whole bunch of times and USC happens to fall on it instead of the defensive, you know, defense getting it like. USC isn't really putting the ball on the turf. I mean, every once in a while, it's pretty rare though. So I think if USC was like close to a bunch of turnovers and they were those were like coin flips and USC's winning all those coin flips, but you're not even getting to the stage where you would flip a coin to, to turn the ball over. You know, that's like you turn the ball over once over the next four games and you're still under that five. So I will definitely take it knowing that we saw Wake Forest have eight turnovers in one half. Of football and they didn't have a whole lot of turnovers going in. I just don't think the way USC's been taking care of the ball. I just don't think they're going to get that many. Do you remember how many turnovers USC had last season? Uh, infinity? No, how many, it was infinity. It was. Um, just take a guess. Just throw a number there. First number that comes to your mind. Sixteen. Twenty. Twenty. Okay. So from going from watching a team that had twenty turnovers <laughs> to one right now, that's that's pretty impressive. That's mighty impressive. Okay. Yeah. Take or leave it number two. Mm. This one's specifically for you. Take or leave it. Kyle Ford with, has another 100-yard game this season. Uh, interesting. Okay. I'll put him in a tight spot because he is He's my boy. Guy. He's your guy. Okay. I feel like I'm going to take it. Okay. Explain uh, yourself. Because I feel like, I feel like you're going to see more of him – um, probably just because there's, you know, I don't know when Addison and Mario Williams are going to be back, you know, like they're being very vague about it. They also don't need them, right? Yeah. I mean, need them back. You don't need them over the next two games. You don't got UCLA next. You got right. Cal. So even if it's close, like if those guys could play, do you play them against Cal? Um, I think you need to at least play them against Colorado. To you know, get yeah, that get that rhythm get back, back get that that rust off, because that will be what you're going on two weeks without playing for both of those guys. So you'll need to get them back in at some point. We got a lot of tickets in the. Uh... Oh, oh yeah! I I didn't even think about the the concept of people playing along with us. They are yeah. I'm put, so that's I'm great. Tickets up there. We had great. I think we had one like leave it. Um, a lot of takeets on Ford. I like it. Ford, a very big fan favorite. So yeah, I would. I'm gonna take that one. Um, first, yeah, he's my boy. You know, I think that he's going to. Uh, he's gonna have a big game again. You know, one of the next two. So uh, yeah, I'll take that one. Okay. We have here. We have one. We have a comment. A ticket uh, from Jamal. Take it or leave it on Pac-12 ref screwing up. 
I mean, take, take. I mean, that's <laughs> a hard take all day. <laughs> we'll take that one. Yeah. Uh, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. The kicking situation, field goal kicking situation, is worse worrisome at this moment. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna leave it. Okay. I think you're fluking it up. Yeah, I feel like that wasn't. I mean, I'm not blaming Dennis Lynch that he missed a 56 yard field goal. I mean, I don't like the decision to kick a 56 yard field goal. He missed the what the thirty eight or thirty nine yard or whatever, um, but yeah, uh, that's that's one of those ones where it's like uh, they got better. I think Washington State special. I think I asked Lincoln Riley about special teams before Washington State, and they got better in that game. Um, and then they were fine against Utah, I think. Okay, and then it got worse again uh, against Arizona. So I'm not I'm not too worried about it. They've they've been a little bit up and down. Okay. Um, I forgot one thing about Kyle Ford. Uh, our friends over at Rain of Troy had an interesting Michael Castillo threw out interesting trivia. Um, who has the most career catches as as a USC Trojan? I'm going to try to remember this off the top of my head. And he mentioned, oh, so we have to be as a USC Trojan: Mario Williams, Kyle Ford. Uh, it was uh, f- follow. Crap, and I forget who the other person was. But so, I'll, who I'll has the most career catches out of, of the, Mario Williams, Kyle Ford, as a and, USC Trojan, and Josh Follow? And he meant he had one other guy, and I, t- I can't remember what, who it was. But Gary Bryant? Uh, no, it was Brew McCoy. Brew McCoy was the other one. It is Mario Williams. It is not. It is Kyle Ford. He has twenty-eight catches as a USC Trojan. Um, so I was listening to that earlier, but I think Mario has like twenty-six. Uh, he would have had it over this one, and I follow and brew each have like twenty one if I'm if I'm remembering that correctly. But I thought that was interesting when you bring up Kyle Ford. But he has twenty eight career catches as a as a Trojan. So, um, which you know, Mara's already caught almost all already caught him right in seven seven games. But I mean, obviously Kyle Ford wasn't playing all the time. Stuff. So. All right, Caleb side. Williams, another big performance. That's another season high, career high. Possibly as well. I have to go back and look at that. But ten career high, yeah. Career high. Back to back games has been on fire. Ten touchdown passes in his last uh two outings, both on the road. Uh take it or leave it, Caleb will be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Ooh. Yeah. Ten ten tugs over the last two road like games. He's heating up a little bit. He is heating up. I feel like um I'm gonna take it. I think he's. Uh, I think he's gonna be in New York. I think it's gonna be close enough. Like, you're gonna have like Hendon Hooker, depending on what he does. Um, he's the leader of the clubhouse right now. You know, Shroud. Shroud's like not been as good. Um, and that Ohio State offense is just like a machine. How many people go? It's like five or four. It depends on on the vote. Uh, so like, it depends on how many finals. Like, they'll bring. You know, if there's like three clear. Winners and or three clear, you know, the the top three, and then a bunch of people off. They'll take those three. So, yeah, and I, this I, is a Heisman voter here, and yeah. I'm a Heisman voter, and I do vote West Coast. Like I make sure I get some West Coast person on the ballot. Sometimes that's hard to do. Uh, so I you try get to, initial I, ballot. No, you get this is the the whole ballot. So it's it'll be they'll send out a ballot like this, you know, probably in the next week or two, um, like a. There's like an email. It's basically an email, and there's like two different emails, and one's like coded. 
I'm like, I think I'm the number one or number two just because of my last name. Uh, like we all have a number. There's like 900 something. Oh, yeah. So, AB, Abraham. Yeah. I thought it was like delivered by like courier pigeon they or used to. like gold plated, like sky show up. Yeah. It's a ceremony. I would get it's an email. That's so lame. That's uh, the lamest thing you've ever said on this podcast. I know. I think John, with a couple emails. Uh, John Wilner, who, you know, a friend of the show and, uh, you know, does a great job covering the Pac 12, the one that broke the USC UCLA. Uh, going to the Big Ten news, um, he's now like I think our West Coast representative, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I, I'm so sorry, I forget the gentleman's name who used to be our representative, but he was, uh, he passed away unfortunately in the last year or so. Um, but it was the, it's like this. I mean, he had to be in his 80s or or 90 or something, and would call me every, you know, uh, every year. Um, and I think I still had like Yahoo or something on my, you know, which so this was a long time ago, like when I first was on there and just, it was like the, one of the nicest conversations you would have every year. This guy would just call and see how things are going and just make sure I was going to get the ballot and, and when the deadline was. And it was very just old school and stuff. That's and nice. uh, he unfortunately passed away. Uh, but now John Wilner's, I don't know if he's going to be calling me and be like, Hey, put your ballot in or whatever. But um, no, John's great. Have you ever been the representative? No, no, this is like, um, it's like the, it's a, what I don't want to say permanent job, but it's like you're that it's the same person every year. And then, uh, this gentleman passed away and then John took that over. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll be the, rep- I mean, I'll be the old guy calling people. I'm not sure. How do you become a Heisman voter? You get like, someone asked you, like, it's like a, it's like a Sadie Hawkins thing. You get invited. Oh, so, yeah. okay. Someone asked me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like what's the process? There you go. Yeah. And my last one. Okay. Uh, take it or leave it. The presence of Eric Gentry would have not made a difference on Saturday in terms of yardage and points and all that good stuff that was given up uh, the defense. I'm going to leave it. Um, I think the defense got a lot worse uh, at Utah. Wait, so... Would not make a difference. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. I think it would make a difference. That's the leave it then, right? Um, yeah, you're leaving it. I'm leaving it. Yeah, I think the defense got worse when he went out uh, in the Utah game, right? Was it? No, it was the... No, did he go out in the Utah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Utah game. It was carted off. Um, hopping around. He was hopping around. Yeah, I think the defense got worse. Um, I feel like he does make a big difference, just his length, his athleticism, Um I mean, he was been used as a spy. You have an athletic quarterback. Man, uh, Lincoln Riley couldn't have been. I don't know if he's gushed about a quarterback as much as he did Jaden Delora, like how special he is. Um, I mean, wouldn't you if he just obliterated you with his legs? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he he was just like, and, it, you know, he talked about it on Trojans Live, too. Just like, what's the challenge of stopping a, an athletic quarterback? And it's just different than the way it used to be. Like Sean Cody was talking about, they didn't have to do that kind of stuff. Um, and he compared it to be like, you know, if you're trying to tackle Barry Sanders and you're one-on-one, you're in the open field, that's really hard. Like if you get the tackle one-on-one, that's like means something. Well, imagine that like a quarterback that has like similar kind of moves or whatever, but also they're in like a lot more space than you are as a running back. And you're not typically thinking them run and then you take off and run. So now, so he, he was more of like, if you tackle that guy in space, that's more of a, you get a gold star instead of, you know, getting, uh getting punished if you don't make that tackle but 
Yeah, I, I think he would make a difference. So I'm going to leave it. College football playoffs has started. Ooh, the wrecking. We should have are... put, put it on ESPN. Oh, I guess we could throw it on there. Um, you know. this, is, this is where we should take our break. But before we go to the break, and I help you with stalling, yeah, Ryan, we might be having to pay for our blue check marks. What? I know. Are you going to do it? I would... 20 bucks a month. I thought it's. A, I thought eight bucks a month. I saw recently. And I saw twenty tweeted. bucks a month. Yeah, then I saw he tweeted like eight, and you'd get like, um, it. So I mean, I think it's something I would probably pay for in the beginning. Um, let me put this over here, just to see. I mean, Twitter ends up being a big part of what we do. Um, you know, it's just a way to we can put up our content on instagram or other social media things but twitter just seems to be where the sports people are we're like you know promoting our content it's just as a great way to promote it is on twitter that might change now i don't know twitter might change people might drop off and not use it or it might get more popular like whatever so i'm sort of like i would just go along with what we've been doing um from the from the beginning and then uh you know we both got our blue check marks i would like to keep my blue check mark um and then kind of go from there and see. Um, but if the whole platform changes, I could, you know, I could easily drop it or whatever. But it, you know, it's it's a big part of what we do now, you know, like it or not. And uh, you know, it's sort of like a necessary evil. If I wasn't in a sports reporting world, I wouldn't have Twitter. But again, like if there's an earthquake or something, I'm on Twitter. If there's like some global whatever, you know, the when, when you know the queen dies or whatever like i'm seeing that on twitter so i guess i use it more than maybe i even think about but it's mostly i mean i follow sports people like i'm not following celebrities i'm i'm following people that cover college football and college football people so i don't know what, if that's what you do too but twitter's a cesspool gotcha let's, let's be let's be real and i'm probably making this announcement now but i am not going to be paying for my blue check mark oh. because i'm not giving any one of those Little slime balls, trolls, the ability to say, well, you're a loser because you pay for your your blue check mark. No, I'm not doing that. I get in too many fights on Twitter. I'm not giving them that power. It does not matter to me that much. The only reason why I wanted it is because initially when you had a blue check mark, this was like 10 years ago, you could message anybody. Blue check mark to blue check mark. Now it's only value is for complaining about to Airbnb. (laughs) <laughs> on the social publicly that's the only thing it really helps with yeah so no you will not catch me writing uh catch me writing elon musk a 20 dollar check every month not me i think it's eight and sweet tooth says it's eight bucks a month just write it off lol so no it's a, it's a write-off it's okay a, i love that oh well, now literally this twitter's listening to me because it says premium twitter called blue will be eight bucks a month yeah and it will include the check mark, and and I think it has like other features and stuff too, less ads, things like that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably do it at the beginning, but if you know, you just have to monitor. At least tr- Twitter going to change. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'd rather be with the people, the people that gave me my tattoo. Yeah, you know, you do have a tattoo. Like you can't get rid of Twitter because you have a tattoo because of Twitter, right? And you I have do. to get to 18,000 to, to match your And tattoo. I do have to get to 18,000. So yeah. before it all burns down, let me get to 18,000. Love it. Uh, I want to talk, like, we're not going to get a lot of officiating. I just wanted to briefly talk about the officiating. Lincoln Riley was PO'd. 
dude. Uh, we did a story this week, though. Um, so Pat Forty was, if you remember, he was out at the Utah game. And then he came to practice uh, uh, at USC. So after he went to the Utah game, he came to practice and... Did a one-on-one, I saw. He had a little one-on-one with Lincoln Riley. And I just was listening to his podcast, and he had dropped a little nugget that said, Lincoln Riley told him that the Pac-12 admitted to him that those roughing the passer calls that were, you know, game-changing kind of calls, one took away an interception. Uh, USC didn't get a lot of stops in that game. Two of the stops were the... Pat, I mean, Lincoln Riley told, you know, uh, you know, told him that the league office admitted that those were incorrect calls. But the league office didn't make any announcement about that. And then I thought they would make an announcement about this one because it was a procedural thing, the uh, the halftime deal. And I was talking with John Canzano about this. John Canzano talked to a league official, and they were not going to make a statement. And they gave, like, the, there's four criteria. But one of them was very clear. The second criteria was, like, you know, the procedural you know mistake. Like, that's what it was. So that was kind of interesting that the Pac-12 still didn't make and uh, you know make a statement on that. And I know Kanzano was with me. It's like that's just that's not that's not right. So uh, I'm not sure what the Pac-12 is doing there, uh, but they should. And then I went on uh, Pac-12 radio, um, state, state radio. You know, this morning, uh, you know, it's Pac-12 network radio essentially. And Evan Moore like was asking me about it. He was going off. You know, he's a Stanford guy, uh, but you know, I think he's a he's, he's a good analyst and stuff. And was just going off on how bad the officiating was, and uh, that they just can't do this kind of stuff. That they sh- they need to make some kind of statement. They got to fix it. So even the people that work at the Pac-12 are like, "Hey, this is a problem." And you know, and I'm not. We're not going to jump into all this stuff, but the conspiracy theories and everything, whatever. If you want to feel like it's a conspiracy against USC, that's fine. I I really just think it's incompetence. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be. I I don't think it's good for the conference to be talking about officiating like that. Like just. Just fix it, you know, throw less flags and just get the little stuff right. And I think there's systematic problems. Kanzana wrote about this where there's no like feeder system for Pac-12 officials. Uh, The Big Sky feeds basketball officials to uh, the Pac-12. They don't do that in football. So you have crews that are maybe like kind of put together piecemeal and they don't always work together. So I think there's just, you know, and, and David Coleman, who's, not been an on-field official, but like two games in his life, he's running the officials. Um, so, yeah, there's a problem. Oh, looks like Utah is 14, Ooh. UCLA is 12. There goes mine. Ole Miss is 11. So it looks like we're about to find out. Yeah, I said 10. So it looks like USC will probably be nine. I'm guessing. We'll see in the next like 10 seconds. Yeah. Dun dun dun. LSU 10. Oh my gosh, USC is even better. Whoa. Uh, Mark says top 10. Let me just update my story real quick. I like it. We are watching this live. If that's, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, my apologies, but we are waiting for the USC number to come up on the screen and they're doing one at a time. We have it muted. So I don't know what they're saying. LSU um, number 10 though. Yeah. LSU is 10. So that means USC is at least number nine or it could be eight. Who knows? Who knows? What at, they're the, gonna... at the very least it would be nine. Like it could, you know, I, I said that it was funny. I said on the radio of the show this morning, I was like, yeah, that you know, eight, nine, something like that. Uh, but then I was thinking about it, like, yeah, maybe not. I f- felt like they put UCLA ahead of USC. Oh, nine. nine. Yeah. USC. Do, 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 so we have USC number nine in the initial college football playoff top 25 rankings. Breaking here. You heard it here first because. 
you can't hear anywhere else. There's no podcast up yet. You're, you're watching this live on YouTube. Uh, you heard the first analysis of this right here. I like it. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty good. So the, the best USC ever came into the college football playoff rankings was 17, like Chris said earlier. Um, and uh, Tanner uh, brings up Oregon State gives us a top 25 win. Yeah, and I, I think if you look at USC's resume, Oregon comes in at eight just above USC. USC's resume it definitely helps that Oregon State thank I mean you have to thank uh you know lucky stars that Stanford blew that game that they were up on Oregon State and Oregon State came back and won um so yeah that you know be, getting a win over a top 25 team is good it's a road win it is still the best road win in the Pac-12 and USC easily has the best loss a one point loss at Utah in a game that you let you know that you were not behind until the last 48 seconds of the game. So I feel like you look at USC's resume that way, it's pretty, you know, it's it's pretty clear that they're okay, you know, you're gonna be in an okay spot. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to win out and get to the playoff. I think they have as good a shot as any, probably a better shot than Oregon, because Oregon has a seven touchdown loss to a playoff team. So um, yeah, if USC keeps going and winning, I, th- I think they have a decent shot. But I think the most important thing is you got to just try to win the conference. Don't worry about the rankings all that much. But it's kind of cool that they're number nine. Um, what do you think? What's your reaction, Chris? I know you're updating your story. Um, that's a really good spot for the initial one, yeah. as you said. And as Lincoln Riley said, doesn't even matter. Do you think he's watching, though? Do you think he's watching? Do you think it's on in his office? Yeah, I kind of think so. I think he watched. Well, I don't think he cares, but I think he watched. But I think he watched. I think he paid paid attention. Uh, that's actually higher, obviously, than I thought they would be. I picked it. I picked uh, eleven. You picked ten. They ended up being nine. Congrats to you in the chat. If you went with nine, I know we had a, uh, a we several had a nines. several yeah. nines in there. So that's a really good spot, and we'll see how it shakes out. They are firmly Ryan in that discussion for you know making the college football playoff. You know they just need to win out. Need to handle business and whoever they play in the Pac-12 championship. You need Utah to lose to to help your case. So a lot. I don't know uh, if you need Utah to lose, but like if Utah wins out, I don't know. Well, I guess there's like the the the, the, the tiebreaker situation is not it depends on how set up goes. for yeah. Alabama six. Uh, it's not set out. It it's not set up right now for USC. They do not control their own destiny. So. Best case scenario is you Oregon wins out, USC wins out, they meet head to head. You play it, yeah. And I think it helps that Notre Dame is uh doing better. Now, Notre Dame has a couple of bad losses. Stanford at home is ridiculous. It's a great loss. Holy cow, is that a bad loss? Um, but they also beat like a seven and one North Carolina. They just went on the road and beat uh a pre, you know, Syracuse team that only had lost to Clemson. They host Clemson this weekend. Um but I don't think you need to worry about like how you boost your resume. This is more about you guys have to take care of your own business. Like if USC wins out and goes to the and wins the Pac-12 and they finish like number five, that's fine. Like don't I mean don't be like oh USC got screwed. Like to go from four and eight to whatever, it, winning the Pac-12 is what's important for me. Michigan like, five, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, who do you think? I think Tennessee is going to be one. I said that on the radio this morning. Because they just they got you know the Alabama win and stuff and you know Alabama's just been in Tennessee Georgia I don't know if Alabama's never not been on this page of six people <laughs> like ever like have they ever not been on that page 
And here's the thing about the college football playoff and everyone's like, oh, we're not good enough to make the playoff. Oh, we're not good enough to do anything in the playoff. Oh, what if we get left out of the playoff? It all really doesn't matter in the, in the long run because all you really want to focus on is getting to the Pac-12 championship. That alone, huge recruiting momentum. Yeah, Winning it, even more. And if you do somehow make the college football playoff, like – that is like one of the biggest recruiting brochure points you can give yeah. on Lincoln Riley's first season. Even if you go out there and get mollywopped by, I don't know, Alabama or Clemson or Tennessee, whoever, you still go back and be like, hey, we made the cultural playoff after winning four games <laughs> last season. Four freaking games last season. Recruits are not going to give a damn about the result. Miami picked up a huge flip from Oklahoma. He was at that Miami game where Duke smacked him around. (laughs) And and he's still committed. You know, it doesn't matter if they go out and get blown out by some SEC team by 50 points, which, which looking at their offense, I still think they'd be able to put up some points. But even if they got uh, mollywopped by 50 points, the only people really going to care are Oklahoma fans because they're just going to be Oh my god! Oh, incessant on, on on Twitter, but it doesn't matter because USC won four freaking games last year. If they go to the playoff, that's incredible. So you know that that's that is what it is. You only really need to be focusing on winning the Pac-12 and getting to the Pac-12 championship. Everything else will fall in place if you uh, if you focus on that and not. It should not be to be one of the four best teams at the end for the playoff. It should be getting the Pac-12 and then see how it all f- falls out after that. Yeah. Uh, Georgia's coming in at number three. Um, yeah, so interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is, you know, you got to take care of your own business and worry about what else happens. But you were a four and eight team. You can double your win total with a beat, you know, win over Cal. Obviously, a nine and one heading into the rivalry games would be huge. I mean, it really seems like yeah, Tennessee's going to be number one. Ohio State's too. I was right on that one. Um, so there you go. Yeah, I called that. Uh, so yeah, I feel like this is, you know, I, for the people that are like, would you rather go to the Rose bowl or, um, make the playoff? I'd say make the playoff all, every time, like, because you haven't done it before. And that is a huge recruiting. Um, you know, it's a, it's a feather in your recruiting bragging, cap. Yeah, bragging so point. for sure, I would say make the playoff, try to be competitive. You're going to score some points and, uh, just go from there. No, don't they. When you're like, oh, is this a playoff team? Like, I don't think this is a caliber playoff team that you would see, you know, uh, Georgia or Ohio State or or Alabama. I don't think they're that level, but they're the level where they could sneak in at number four. We've seen, you know, Cincinnati made it last year. You know, Michigan State made it a year about, you know, when Washington did. Like, you could be that team. Um, I don't know if they'll be the team like Oregon that they end up beating Florida State and then losing in the championship game. They're, I don't think they're that good yet, but... They're good enough to to win the Pac-12, which means you're good enough to make you know sneak into the playoffs, and then now you got to build on that. You know you got to get those recruits and 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 have a better offensive line and have a better, certainly better front seven on the defensive side, and you know get some beasts that just can you can rush one and still get a sack. You know the, those kind of guys, you know, like the Davion Clowney guys. Like does USA have any dudes like that? Like no. Um, Going back to like the car analogy, like rebuilding yeah. this, like incredible asset that is usc they have some parts but they don't have all the parts they need like right if you're racing like all those those teams they just showed in the top five those are like well tuned up 
Grand Prix racing machines. You know, USC has that capability, but they still got, you know, some some Toyota wheels and some uh some uh I don't, I'm not a car guy. Um some Jeep uh water pump. I don't know. <laughs> they just don't have all the pieces. They have just some let pieces. You, let you hang yourself. Up yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. It's like they don't have the full body of work. They don't have the full roster that they need. They have some pieces. They certainly have some pieces, but it's not enough to run with all the the other big dogs up top. And Ryan, if they had had not lost to Utah, where would would they be on that top six? Do you think they'd be in that's the top a really six? good question? Because um, Utah would be ranked, so they'd have a win over Utah. They'd have yeah. a win over Oregon State. I, yeah. I think Utah had screwed them by losing to Florida early in the season. Like if sure. if Utah that this would be a three what three loss Utah team. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's one of those things that. Uh, they they might be six or seven, I think, without the loss. But who knows? We'll see. But like it depends where Utah would be. Um yeah, I think Oregon that, that first weekend where it was it the second weekend, what it was like Oregon uh just getting absolutely boat raced and then Utah losing on a game they shouldn't have lost. Like I think that hurt the conference a little bit, but it you know, they bounced back. Like we're seeing all these teams in the top fifteen for, for the Pac twelve. I think that's a good thing. Um all right, why don't we take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and uh, start answering some questions. Back in a minute. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Uh, yeah, Chris, this is uh, it's fun to be back in studio, back doing this live. I love it. We got some questions in the chat. We'll get to those. If you have any questions, you can do um, put a question in the uh, YouTube chat, and we will get to it. We have some emails I wanted to get to as well. Um, we got a, uh, take it or leave it from Peter C fan. Is it email? This is an email. Okay. Yeah. Email, take it or leave it. Uh, USC came out ahead with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty at, uh, on Arizona state, which resulted in a touchdown versus the clock debacle at the end of the first half. So if you're, so basically USC was driving, uh, it was third and nine, I believe. And Caleb Williams like scrambles out of bounds or he throws the ball and it was incomplete and he's running out of bounds. Basically gets like two hand touched by an Arizona defender and they throw a flag. USC gets a first down and scores a touchdown on the very next play. 
So they were essentially going to kick a field goal. They'd already missed two field goals at that point in the game. So at least four points, I would say, there. And then the end of the first half, I think USC I think USC's probably kicking a field goal there, so you get screwed out of three. So I will I will take it that they came out ahead with that exchange. What would you say? Can you reread it? Okay, take it or leave it. USC came out ahead with the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Arizona, which resulted in a touchdown versus the clock debacle at the end of the first half. Yes. I just explained it to you. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree, too. Uh, I think USC gained four points in that exchange and then lost three points on the end of the first half. So by a point, USC came out ahead. Uh, That's why I said it's, you know, it's not conspiracy it's just incompetent <laughs> follow-up and, and he had sent a follow-up on the unsportsman like conduct penalty can you get this penalty for something said the little bump that the arizona player gave uh, doesn't seem like deserving even for pac-12 refs or could it be made make up for the blown call on the clock um i think in the nfl if i'm not mistaken chris in the nfl they're focusing a lot on the words. So maybe there was something said that we didn't see. I don't think it's as much in college, but I feel like it's a point of emphasis in the NFL. If you get up and trash talk somebody. Definitely a point of emphasis in the NFL. Yeah. I, I can't recall like there being a call like that in college. I'm, no. I'm sure there has been, but I, I just can't remember like off the top of my head or have seen that. So I think it's more of an NFL thing, but I think you can definitely get flagged for saying something. Yeah, I mean, if it's pretty blatant, uh, I think this was just they felt like they hit the quarterback going out of bounds, and it just was. It's another bad call. It was very similar. Um, so, if USC fans, you don't have sympathy for an opponent, but the feeling, if you're on the Arizona side, was a very similar to what USC felt at the Utah game when your defense isn't playing well and stops are at a premium. You're basically not getting stops. You got two of them, and they both were negated by kind of bogus penalties. Arizona couldn't get a stop on USC. To force a field goal attempt, you felt like you've climbed Mount Everest, and then the officials take it away. So, like that's—I feel it was a similar um, feeling that what USC fans kind of went through. Uh, LA transplant thoughts on Brendan Rice. I feel like since the start of the season, he's prone to drop passes. He dropped a TD pass yesterday. Ugh, that can't happen versus top-tier competition. Feels like his snaps should be distributed to others. Ford Williams Jackson. He also had a really nice toe touching, you know, toe tap touchdown, but that drop was holy cow! Was maybe Caleb Williams' best throw. Um, Dave, we were just talking about this uh, yesterday with uh, David Woods. The uh, you know, I do the podcast of champions with him. Plug uh, the UC, you know, he covers UCLA. He said that's the second time he dropped the ball. Where essentially Caleb Williams threw it. If it was a spear, it would have killed, killed him, him right through the the chest. And I think that's a, a good way to. It was literally hit him right in the chest, right in the S or if you were Superman. Yeah, I mean, Rice has been sort of up and down, a little inconsistent at times because, you know, he'll drop a play like that or the one other you you said. But he also randomly come up with big catches. You know, he had the big third down catch just before his touchdown uh, on that slant. That was a big one to keep the drive alive. And he had that really nice toe touch uh, touchdown, as you said. He also had the one... That set them up at the uh, uh, in in the red zone uh, right before you know the whole officiating debacle. He had that really nice catch uh, down the field with two defenders on him. So you know he'll drop some some bad ones, but he'll catch some good ones. So yeah. it, it it is a kind of a catch twenty two with him. Yeah, no no pun intended. Catch twenty two. <laughs> no pun intended. 
Yeah, gotcha, Chris. Uh, this is uh, from Ray in Pasadena. Start of the fourth quarter, Arizona's still hanging around. No defense. We'll be very luck to go to any bowl. This was, seems like this was written by the phone or something. Or it well, might have been Siri. they are going to a bowl. To the bowl. Yeah, this this seems very, uh, this is very like Clay Helton mindset. Maybe they got stuck in the inbox. It says, just another uh, crappy performance, we use a different word, by a staff that focuses on offense only. How long is this guy going to stick around? <laughs> I don't know who he's referring to, Lincoln or Grinch. It's essentially like, I think he's talking about Grinch, but for anyone to be complaining about the coaching, like, holy cow, dude. Like, look at this team. This is what we've preached about. This is what we talk about forever. Hire somebody good and good things will happen. Like, USC has so many advantages. USC's 7-1. They got, you know, they beat Oregon State on the road. It was a good win, 17-14, whatever. They're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Number nine in the initial rankings for the college football playoff. Like, just do USC stuff. Like, just get most of the stuff right or a good amount of stuff right, and you're going to be fine. You're going to be a top 10 team just by being competent. USC was not competent. They didn't have competent coaching. The recruiting was falling. I mean, everything was bad just because you didn't have a good leadership. You had bad athletic director leadership. You had bad coaching because you couldn't you, – you were just hiring the nice guy and not the, the proven winner guy. You go out and hire Lincoln Riley, and you go from 4-8 and eight to now, like, they're number nine in the college football playoff rankings. Like, that's worlds apart. I mean, you can't – infinitely apart. And he had, you know, a little – like, three weeks to put a recruiting class together – Gets a bunch of transfers, and it's amazing. The, the you know this is like chop. This is literally like chop. Like he had one of those b- baskets, and you're just like, oh my god, uh, chicken livers and skittles and marshmallows and, and marshmallows and pumpkin spice. And you're like, okay, make a gourmet meal. And okay, is it going to be the best gourmet meal you ever ate? No, this is a flawed team. You knew it was going to be a flawed team, but it. You eat it, and you're like, this is pretty darn good. You know, like that's what he's made. So if you want to like complain about the coaching or this or that, it's like, come on, man. Like they, they, he's been on the job less than a year, and they're already in the top 10 in the college football playoff rankings. Like the best USC's ever been. Like one spot away from the best they've ever been um, in nine months or whatever. Like I, I don't get it. Like I get it. You know, people are in the mode of complaining about the coaching and stuff, but give these guys some time. Like, I, I think the problem, Chris, is that they were so bad. Like people knew that all you needed to do was get a decent coach, and you would be good. Like we've been, I've been preaching that for years. Just hire a decent coach, and you're going to instantly be good. Instantly be good. They're instantly good. But now they're like people are in the mode of like, well, we should have hired a coach a while ago, and we should be good. Now we could be even better. So why don't we do this? Or you know, it's like I would just give Lincoln Riley and the staff a lot of credit for turning things around. It's not easy, and it's not easy to assemble a staff I mean, in a, a, a roster the way that they did and make it work like instantly. And they did. So my little rant's over. Do you think it's also a product of them just being so successful early? It's like, we want more. I mean, some of it, I think some of it, um, I think people forget that USC had some really good defensive performances too. Like the Oregon state game was a defensive performance, you know, Washington state. I mean, that's not a great uh, offense, but, they played really well. Um, they've had some clunkers though, and they've you know they've give, you know their success rate is I think 119th in the country. Bill Connolly had that, 
pretty bad. They they allow a lot of successful plays. They kind of rely on forcing the big negative plays. But um, I just don't know what I, I, I'm not sure what you want. Like this, if you watch college football, you're a big USC fan, whatever. I mean, you want to have some entertaining, you want to be entertained, right? This is like a distraction from your regular life. This is our lives because we do this for a living, but I would enjoy it. You know, have some fun with it. Like if you want to complain, like, man, they should have ran Travis Dye more. He ran 20 times in the last game. Like whatever, you know, like you could nitpick stuff. Oh, you shouldn't have kicked the onside kick. Like I, I would just like have fun with it. You know, like they're going to make some bad decisions. They're going to, you know, they're going to lose a game here or there or whatever. But holy cow, is this better? than what you've had the last like eight years. Like you have to feel so much better that there's a competent leader running the show and that they're going to recruit better and they're going to continue to grow and, and get better at this whole college football thing. So I, my personal advice to you, I'm your therapist. I would enjoy the ride and don't like look for any little thing to complain about. Just a side note. I think we are a therapist to a lot of the US yes. fans, especially, you know, three years ago, two years ago, whatever. A lot of venting on our show. We do get a lot of venting. But the, the people that are like, that was just a very bitter email, like fire coaches and things. You get like, holy cow, like, come on. Like, if you can't, you're not seeing the forest through the trees here. Steve in Beaumont, uh, I drive through there a lot going out to the desert. Would you rather see USC in the playoff against Tennessee or against Michigan in the Rose Bowl? Uh, I don't care. The opponent doesn't matter to me playoff you're winning either way um i guess if you're looking for it from like an on-field win the game kind of thing uh rose bowl yeah if you were trying to like win a game but recruiting either one is great yeah tennessee but, won more so but i would say you want to play in the playoff yeah like that's where you'd rather be um if you do that all right we got some questions on uh the youtube livers fred says why was the video quality of pac-12 significantly below Field level highlights. Leave the Pac-12 now, because it's the Pac-12 network. Um, yeah, it was Pac-12 network, and it wasn't. Uh, I think it's funny because we've covered some games on like Fox and ESPN, and they have those giant uh, camera rigs on the sideline. Yeah, but the one of the Pac-12 was like very small and dinky. Is it really <laughs> nice? They're apparently production stuff, and this is part of the reason why like Amazon might be interested. They have the capability of like producing live events with like a small um the technology they have i guess is pretty good where they don't need to bring trucks and all this stuff production trucks to these events they can do stuff like in studio and they can bring you know um whatever bring out this, whatever this equipment is so but that doesn't mean like the cameras and everything you know those rigs are up to like the quality of like an espn or fox or something like that uh let's go to Let's see. This one is from Jared. Uh, what do you expect the attendance numbers to be at the game this weekend? I know it's only Cal, but I feel like our first home game in a month at homecoming can draw a large crowd. Fight on. Hmm, what do you think, Chris? You've been pretty terrible at picking predictions. Yeah, I've been pretty <laughs> terrible at predicting, especially um, audience or attendance attendance is that the word you're looking audience at? yes attendance uh the audience attendance i've been terrible at picking that so i don't know if i want to give a number what let's say 
65. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. I think it's probably going to be something 730 like that. 7.30 start, you know. It's a late start, um, but it, it'll probably be... a lot be of tailgating. There'll be a lot of fun there. Yeah, maybe similar to what we saw for like Washington State or something. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be pretty good, but it's just, it's you know, it's not been a great... The timing hasn't been great. Like the, the games, a lot of late games and things like that. So, but yeah, I think people should be excited. Um, seven and one. It's a good thing. Seven and one. We got Drew. Uh, 818. Any updates on the new facilities? All these schools are getting upgrades. SC over here with lockers from the 1920s. Um, I haven't heard anything about that. That was definitely a point um, of emphasis when Lincoln Riley was hired. But, yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah, they're kind of focused on the season stuff right now. But that's something that for recruiting, when Lincoln Riley was recruiting when he got here, it's more about the here's what we can do. You're, you're selling the future, right? But then it only goes so far because you have to, like, show results on the field. Well, now they're showing results on the field. So now they're going to have this in the – you know, a feather in their cap with recruiting as far as like, look at the success, four and eight to whatever they end up. Like literally the worst they can do is probably nine and three. Uh, I mean, not, that's not the worst they can do, but realistically, they're not going to lose to Cal or Colorado. And that feels like something you can kind of get going during the off season. Yes. Because locker lockers were the farthest thing on Lincoln Riley's mind when he took over. It was yes. like, build the staff, build the roster, 2022 signing day. Uh, all these things. Let's recruit the portal. We got to get these holes filled in our roster. So a lot of things that were on top of his checklist over lockers. Maybe we'll get closer to that uh, when we get into the off season, where you know we can get our signing out of the way for twenty twenty three, start uh, spring recruiting and all that, and then kind of you know maybe a, a, a uh, you know one of those late kind of winter, uh, late February kind of deals like hey. Let's get work on these long-term projects. Let's, right. uh, let's get these lockers. So not really high on his priority list at this moment. But it might be a selling – they might have some sort of plan that they use for this recruiting class or maybe the next one. But this, they really needed to get some like tangible results and be like, it's not just, hey, we're Lincoln Riley and staff and we've had Heismans and playoffs and things like that and first round, you know, number one draft picks. Now what can you do with this real team? You're like, look what we did to this team and we're only going to get better when you come in. So – that's going to be one of the selling points, but the big one's going to be like results on the field. So, uh, David says, um, "What do you think of the many various ways they are using Tuli Tuli to Pelotu? He actually was one of the players that spoke. Uh, was asked about you know because it looked like he was playing some linebacker uh, out there, and he said that you know people just everyone needs to know everyone else's jobs, and it didn't feel that different. You know, you're hitting the same gaps, whatever. I mean, he was." Just, he played it off like it wasn't really a big deal. Like he's like moved positions or something. It's just sort of like the how you're looking at you know framing the defense a little bit differently because some of the personnel that was missing. It was interesting. I don't know. It doesn't really. I guess it could help his like kind of draft status. Like looking at like oh he can do this. Yeah, but that's not move. the player he is. You know, he's a guy. Put him on the edge, five technique, kick him in, three technique, whatever. That's where he belongs. He's not. You know, I know it looks cool, I guess, but you remember how remember what people were saying about Drake Drake Jackson playing kind of yeah. Indian coverage and stuff. Yeah, do that too much. We're gonna start hearing that. Uh, like, don't don't put him in linebacker. Yeah, but you know, it was it was interesting to see for sure. Yeah, 
Matt, we got a couple more. Matt says, how big of a deal is it that USC doesn't have to leave L.A. County for the month of November? Great. I mean, it's great Even for better us. for us. So it's really good for us. Uh, no, I think it's really good. Um, we talked. I talked about this on Instant Analysis with Jack. They do use these like road trips as bonding experiences, and you had you know a fairly easy one with Stanford as far as like road environment. Two tough ones, Oregon State and uh, and Utah, and then you know one that was a decent one, Arizona. What what was the environment like there, Chris? Like the, I mean, like you were at we you know we were at Utah, we were at Oregon State, like where in like in the realm of you know those those environments was this one? Like where would you uh, put just like an overall, I guess it's Utah, Oregon State, Arizona, Stanford. Okay. It was definitely like a quote unquote kind of hostile environment. Okay. Not as much as Utah and Oregon, but there was a lot of USC fans. Like there was there, were? there was a time where I witnessed a guy trying to get a, like a U of A chant going. And then he was just drowned out by like a whole corner of USC fans. So the USC fans is definitely excuse me, showed up uh, for this game. And it was homecoming for Arizona, so a little extra juice uh, behind yeah. them. The Gronk was there, so a little bit little bit more juice. But it was a good environment, but USC fans definitely showed out, and they were there and supporting uh, loudly. Nice. Uh, we got one last one. Uh, Sager, question. If USC wins out, what are their chances of being in the top four after the Pac-12 title game? So... Being nine, I think, helps. That's a good starting point. Uh, Lincoln Riley talked about that they had dropped all the way to 19 and came back. Now, they had a backloaded schedule, I believe, that year. Having UCLA is really good. If Notre Dame like beats Clemson, that'll certainly help. Uh, one, because it knocks Clemson out of there, and then you have a chance to beat Notre Dame. So that's a big one um, coming up this weekend. And then, you know, being like an Oregon in the title game, another good win. Uh, the SEC can, can control a lot. They're probably getting like two in. They got two of the top six, right? They got yeah, Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia. Georgia. Michigan, Ohio State. Someone's gonna get knocked out there. Uh, but could you still get two in? You know, so I th- I think there's a okay chance. Like I think you know, it's not it's not. I think a significant chance of getting it. I don't think it's guaranteed, but I think if they go twelve and one, but feel a lot better if Notre Dame beats Clemson then you feel a lot better about it because that Clemson's going to take a spot otherwise I think it doesn't look like anyone's going to beat them I think you would need some kind of style points too uh, you know put it on UCLA and then whatever happens in that Pac-12 championship if it's a shootout if you blow them out whatever but winning with some style does help you know when you, little style points um, I want to put this picture up on here this was tweeted out uh, what was it? I forget the tweet exactly, but like USC football put it out or USC athletics or something. We're going to see some throwback unis, Chris, like people are speculating on what's going on here. What does this mean? You want me to say what it means? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not a uniform guy. Like people, guy, people the, ask me like, what do you think of those socks? I'm like, I didn't even know they were wearing socks. Like, you know, like, can you believe their shoelaces had a, a tassel on the end instead of a black cap? I'm like, you I mean I, the Cardinal and gold. Yeah, there you go. Full circle. So what does this mean? What, why did they tweet this out? Uh, I think they did it to exactly what was happening right now, Ryan. 
to get people talking, to get people, to get talking. people excited, okay. to get people like, what's going on? What's going to happen? We're going to get some throwbacks. Throwbacks? I love throwbacks. throwbacks. Exactly. What we're, just get, just drive the drive the hype machine for this weekend. Get people get people talking about it. Get people more interested in it. I like it. Well, something, I, can't, I can't sit here and tell you that they're going to be throwbacks. They're going to be wearing throwbacks. We were sworn to secrecy. No, we don't know. I don't know. Was that my secret today? It could have been. People were asking about where your secret assignment was or what it was. Eh. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's fine. You'll be back practice tomorrow, right? I'll be back tomorrow. All right. Well, I, it's good. You get a like little day off. I get to do some ghost notes. Uh, it's not bad. I like doing my Stay little... Stay fresh. Yeah. Do my instant with Jack. He was he was great. We were down there this morning. A lot of people. Uh, a lot of people down there. But yeah. Um, what did you watch this weekend? Cal is bad. Probably good for USC because... They have a good defense, and USC has a good offense. I don't think Cal's offense is going to be pushing this USC defense around. If they do, you could be some, you know, some legit concerns. Cal did score forty nine at home against Arizona. That was very weird. Um, but outside of that, they've been pretty bad on offense. Um, they might have a quarterback controversy. Kai Milner played really well in the fourth quarter. Wilcox said they don't. So oh, Wilcox came out and said they don't. He said he's. He's a quarterback. Plumber. All right. So uh, Jack Plummer is the quarterback, the transfer from Purdue. So, yeah, don't expect this to be a really explosive offense. Probably going to be okay, something the defense can handle. And, you know, USC's faced some good defenses before. This one's at home. I feel like they're going to put up some points. So I feel like this is a could be a get-right kind of game. And then you got Colorado, who definitely looks better than they did when Carl Durrell was running it. Both Arizona State and Colorado – Look better now that they have interim head coaches. Um, you know, UCLA's got to go on the road and take on Arizona State. That could be a little, you know, that could be some feisty feistiness there in the desert. I don't think there's going to be a lot of feistiness when Colorado comes down. Uh, they've been okay at home. They're not very good on the road. Um, so I think two games that you can sort of like do what you want to do, get stuff right, play some young guys, get guys healthy. And that, you know, just take care of business and you're going to be like nine and one going into the UCLA game. Boom. That's pretty, pretty, pretty good. I pretty would say. significant. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So happy November, everybody. It's November 1st. Hope you guys had a great, uh, thank, I mean, uh, great uh, Halloween. Look, now we get to look forward to Thanksgiving. Four games, all in LA County. We talked about that being a big deal. I think it's going to be uh, really good. Don't have to travel. Take care of business. Get out there to Coliseum. Check it out. Make sure you're checking out uscfootball.com. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Please follow us on all the social media platforms. Tell your friends about it. We love doing all this stuff, and uh, we do it for you. So please uh, share it and uh, like it and subscribe to it and all that kind of stuff that we do. If you're not a member, um, you can sign up for a dollar. A lot of great inside information. A lot of recruiting stuff we do is great in there. Check it out. Uh, The ghost notes we talked about, stuff like that's premium. Um, so go check all of that out and we appreciate that. And if you have any questions or comments, podcast at USAfootball.com is our email address. All right. For Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. 
This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!